As you guys think about Christmas, um, what are some things that come to your mind as you think about what you've got coming up here, this maybe the next coming weeks or a few days? So when you think about Christmas, what are some things that come to your mind? Come on. Family time. Family time. Yeah. What else? What's that? The Holy Spirit, right? Coming, right? Mary being, child being conceived. Absolutely. Others, come on. What are some things you think about? As you think about Christmas, what are some, some thoughts, memories, things that come to your mind? Snow. All right, absolutely. What else? Children. What else? Somebody said candy, gifts, food, Santa Claus. Absolutely. I hear it. What's up? What up? Giving. Anybody else? Something comes to your mind. Somebody said stress. Unfortunately, yes, absolutely. Anybody else? Something. Joy, helping others. Anybody else got something you want to add? Peace, the cross. As you think about Christmas, anything you want to add? You guys. The Christmas play, absolutely. All right, anything else? Love. Carols. If I missed something, anybody? Decorations. Tradition. Absolutely. So, honestly, most of us, we think about Christmas, many things come to our mind. And it kind of reveals a lot of maybe our heart, our thoughts, our motives, um, and, and traditions and things that have happened in our family. It's interesting in Luke chapter 2 that it's about 40 days after Jesus' birth. Verse 22 tells us that his family brings him toward Jerusalem for his purification. When this happens, there's a man by the name of Simeon that the text records in verse 25 of Luke 2, just simply saying that he is a righteous and devout man, and he had this promise from God. And the text records that this promise in verse 26 is that Simeon will not what? He's not going to die until he sees the Lord's Christ. As Mary and Joseph come to the temple with Jesus, it says that Simeon takes the child in his arms and in verse 28 and through 32 of Luke chapter 2, this records this moment of Simeon blessing this child and saying all these amazing things. And then I want to share just a couple of verses with you. Verse 34 and 35 of Luke chapter 2. And Simeon blessed him, speaking to his parents and the child. And he says this. He says to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the rising and fall of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. Then looking to Mary and he says, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Why? Listen to what he says. So that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Jesus came and he brings a revelation of our hearts. And if you've been listening to songs, you're hearing revelation of hearts. And heaven sing glory. The angels were glorifying God. They, the choir was singing. The angels were glorifying God. Glory to God in the highest. Angels from the rims of glory. As they were singing that, guess what? They were inviting the shepherds to come and what? Come and worship. And the shepherds did. It was a revelation of their hearts, right? It was a response Further, in a strange way to save the world, there was the father, the earthly father, so it was thought, of Jesus. And his name was what? Do you remember? Joseph. And Joseph was struggling, right? Why me? Why her? Why him? Why now? But Joseph, we know the text records that an angel shows up and Joseph 
is obedient to take Jesus and Mary as his wife then. But they have no union physically until she gives birth to a firstborn, a son. And then it further came one king. We heard of the wise men, and Brother Corey read there from Matthew chapter 2, and I don't know if you caught it or not, but in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2, the wise men do something amazing before Jesus. It says they fell down and worshipped him. It's this echoing or reminder of what Simeon has said. This child is destined for not only the rising, but also the fall of many in Israel. And then the text went on further as they were singing the greatest story ever told. The message became a little bit somber. I don't know if you caught it in that moment, but there was a realization or revelation of who we all are separated from God. And I watched specifically in the choir one individual at just this right moment because the text said this as they were singing, eternal revelation to men as what, Mr. Patterson? Dull as stone. I watched him because he's been saying he's not going to sing that part. Men as dull as stone is what they sang. What are they echoing there? The words of Paul to the church at Rome, beginning in chapter 3, verse 10, he says that alike Jews and Gentiles are all under sin. That means all of us today are all under sin. He says there's no one righteous, no, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks after God. He says everybody has turned aside to their own way. Nobody is good. So when we sing that moment of being dull as stone, it's a declaration that our hearts are sick. You see, everything you've been hearing is a revelation of people's hearts. Just as Simeon said about the Christ. It was quite ironic in the moment. I don't know if you caught it, but the transition from the song, Greatest Story Ever Told, to It's About the Cross. As the song finished, I don't know if you heard, but a child in this sanctuary literally cried out. It was this moment of irony of this transition from this child in the manger to where Tony and then the choir was going to lead us, that it was pointing to it's about the cross. That this child hasn't simply come just to be a good boy. This child has come to bear the sin of those that are dull as stone. That you don't have any hope apart from Him. But here's the moment that reveals it. Listen to what it says in about the cross. It's just not about the good things in this life I've done. It's not about the righteousness that I find within. The prophet Isaiah says that righteousness is but filthy rags before a holy God. It's all about his precious blood that saved me from my what? Saved me from my sin. We're confronted with our sin. It was the cross that confronts us. And that's what's so amazing about Simeon's words. Simeon's word says that this child is coming and that he is destined for the rising but also the fall of many in Israel so that your heart and my heart will be revealed. As Corey was reading in Matthew chapter 2, Josiah was talking as Josiah normally does and I was trying to get him to be quiet and then I realized he was trying to tell me something that he was just hearing from Corey's lips. Corey, he was hearing you share from Matthew chapter 2 that there's a guy by the name of King Herod, and he tells these magi, you go and find him and bring him back to me because I too want to go and what? Go and worship. And Josiah starts to repeat, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he... I was like, dude, stop, stop. He's like, no, he... He's like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to go and worship, Dad. He's lying. Wow. And there I was trying to tell him to be quiet. And that's what's so amazing about this moment. You see, Herod was sitting on the throne. 
He had risen to power. But if you, in your moment of your heart being revealed, think you have no need of this Christ child, Simeon says what will actually happen to you and your great power is that you will actually find yourself falling, being separated from God, being judged in your sin forever. But if in this place, if now... You and your heart has been revealed that you find yourself separated from God, but the cross ushers you forward. Simeon says that if you will indeed kneel, that Christ will usher you the invitation to rise and come and be with me forever. Every song has been singing the truth about people's hearts being revealed. And so now you have to stand, or maybe you need to kneel, And confess that you too are in need of a Savior and a King. They've got two more songs left. And so I I want you to pause just for a moment, maybe in silence, just to reflect, where is my heart? Have I bowed my heart in life before Christ? As you just close your eyes just for a moment, I want you to examine that and see, where do you stand or maybe have you fallen? Because it's through the power of Christ that those who kneel will be raised Again, will you repent in this place, acknowledging your sin and confessing that you too are in need of a Savior? I pray you will. As the choir is going to sing their last song, they're going to give the invitation, come and worship, come and worship. Maybe as a demonstration of your allegiance, maybe you might come during that song and just kneel. Maybe if you're not physically able to kneel, you're welcome to sit on one of those pews. But I encourage you, as a physical response of your heart's allegiance, maybe you would come and worship by kneeling. That's what Jesus came, according to Simeon, the rising and the falling of many, so that your heart and my heart would be revealed.